Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Death to Vanilla podcast. Uh, this is a little bit different than our normal episode. Uh, we, do not have a, we do not have a guest this week. And mm-hmm. so we decided that it would be super fun for us to do a recap of the different podcast episodes and guests we have to share a little bit about what we've learned. And so I am the host, Stephen Burkhart of Burkhart Creative Agency. And uh, the reason we have her here is because mm-hmm. she actually edits like 99% of everything you guys see. And so she actually gets to learn alongside of me as uh, we listen to the podcast. So go ahead and introduce yourself really quick to the audience. Uh, I'm Rylan Trader. I do a lot of the post-production of the videos, and that's pretty much it. Cool. Yeah. Say it like it's not like the reason <laughs> we're able to do everything we do. So I appreciate it. Um, okay, cool. So our very first episode was Ryan Solomon of yes. Entra. Which I used to call entree, but it is, nope. that's not how you pronounce it. Mm-mm. And so that was really embarrassing for me. But we we worked through that. And so it's uh, Ryan of Entre. 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 And so here is what I learned from his podcast. So just for a little context, they he does content production for them. Mm-hmm. He's like the content manager. And they focus a lot on the fundraising space and the VC space. And especially in like the tech industry. Yeah. So, not all of it was stuff that we like necessarily dabble in all the time, mm-hmm. but it was really helpful. And so, yeah. in talking to him, I learned that he had uh, done magic, uh, like performed oh, yeah. on the street mm-hmm. doing magic. And so, that was really fun. And so, I was like, hey, how have you really found that to move into business? Like, how has mm-hmm. it really affected? Because it's kind of an unrelated thing. And so, for me, I was like, okay. Maybe he liked magic because he was able to like grab people's attention. Mm-hmm. But what he actually said was that it was really good for him connecting with people because of the fact that magic is such like an interactive thing. Yeah. It was really good because he actually learned the art of interacting with people really well. Mm-hmm. And that's really helped him build relationships, especially pre-COVID when they actually had like meetings that they would go to. So yeah. that's my first one. We'll jump to your first one. Um, well, a lot through when Ryan was talking, he was talking a lot about how his company uses a lot of person-to-person interaction for their reach. So it's organic reach because it's not the company paying people mm. or to advertise for them. They're just putting stuff out there and then having their customers talk to other people. So that way they're kind of reaching and getting that kind of spread of yeah. their company. Sucks that it's COVID now. Yeah. They like don't get to do much of that. Mm-hmm. So you can only do so many Zoom meetings before you uh, want to <laughs> jump off a cliff. So. <laughs> uh, second thing I learned was doubling down on a niche. And so one of like the niche content pieces that he mentioned was memes. That was mm-hmm. that was like really popular in the tech space. That yeah. people were getting like a little savage about mm-hmm. it. And so there's like some playful banter and stuff happening with that. And so that was really funny to hear because I definitely hadn't seen any of it. But that totally reminds me of like what happens with yeah. uh, the <clears throat> Wendy's like Twitter account yes. where they're always like bagging Super, on yeah. uh, Burger King and so or McDonald's, which is usually Burger King, right? I think both, like just people in general, like, like they'll just roast burgers. anyone. Yeah. yeah, and they're so clever uh-huh. and they're so good. I don't know. I don't know if it's kind-hearted, but it is hilarious. So it what's is. your second one? Uh, well, Brian talked a lot about 
accessibility platforms. So a lot of people are going to be on platforms like TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and Triller just because they're going to be on there. Like it's on their phone. They're bored. They're going to pick it up. So why not advertise on those platforms? So he talked a lot about that. And I feel like that's kind of for us, that's general. But for some people, it may not be mm-hmm. as um, as much of an option. Like some people choose radio or TV, but definitely look into those easy to get to platforms well and the reality is is like a ceo is going to be on there mm-hmm. like what are the chances that like jeff bezos is actually using twitter like oh, yeah. Yeah, i mean possibly i mean i don't know if he's doing all his own tweets but that's true you might be able to actually connect with him mm-hmm. you just never know elon musk does i mean I th- i'm pretty sure those he yeah. says some goofy things I'm, mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's actually him or yeah. he just has like a weirdo running his account that's true but mm-hmm. I kind of hope he calls me out because we'll get all this traffic from Fingers Elon. Fingers crossed. <laughs> cool. Please roast us, Elon. Right? <laughs> Burn is so good. Uh, cool. So that was it for Ryan. So mm-hmm. next was Dennis Gable with Brand Producer with no consonants. Nope. You know how hard that is to spell Brand. right all the time? Yeah. B-R-N-D. Anyways, what was your, <laughs> what was your big takeaway from him? Um, he talked a lot about companies getting outside of their comfort zone because a lot of times they like to stay in this safe area and his personal brand is getting out of there and kind of going on the more dangerous more edgy more maybe I shouldn't say that side and so I thought that was really interesting (laughs) how he's like guiding them through this process of getting outside their comfort zone and finding their brands like uniqueness or and stuff yeah well, and it's just the idea of risk-taking, right? Which uh-huh. was one thing that I thought really stood out to me that he mentioned was just like the fear of taking a risk. And it's this idea that sometimes you play things up in your mind that it's going to be a bigger deal than it really is. Yeah. And then you try it, and it actually works out really good. Case in point, the the one company he did work for, I want to say they were realtors. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I think so, yeah. Yeah, they, he ended up using like the color pink in one of their... Uh, mm-hmm bus stop advertisement locations and they were like no like pink's not professional enough and he's Mm -hmm. like dude you're gonna get seen yeah and so on the client part there's a fear that like hey we're not gonna be taken seriously but then kind of oddly enough there's almost like a fear on dennis's part where he's like if i do this ad and it doesn't stand out yeah so it's worked out really good for them Mm -hmm. it has but just taking that chance is huge because there are things that you can do that can wreck your marketing. Yeah. But most of the time, those are pretty far and few between. And maybe bouncing ideas off of people is a mm-hmm. way to kind of navigate some of that. So it's not just one person's opinion about whether or not they should post something that's horribly inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a good risk like risk to it, too, because your brand can get a lot of traction from mm-hmm. one risk that you took. Even though you can have that, like small chance of flopping but right there's an even bigger chance that you'll do really really well well if you do something boring nice. there's like a hundred percent chance it'll yeah. flop <laughs> yeah so why not take the risk what else did you like from him he was really authentic to himself so he talked about how one of his first meetings he ever had he wore a suit and a tie and a tux and he said i will never ever do that again because that's not me that's not my brand that's not how i want this brand to be yeah. and if someone's not comfortable with him showing up in a shirt and shorts and flip-flops then <laughs> he doesn't want to work with them right so i thought that was really interesting he needs to like Move to like California so oh, you can yeah. just do like surf brands if you're gonna rock flip flops. That's true. 
But yeah, that was in kind of like uh, piggybacking off of that, just the idea that um, people are looking for brands that are authentic. Mm-hmm. And in the same way that he needs to make sure he is authentic in his own way, your brand has to be authentic in their own way because uh, he is actually doing a better job being less formal mm-hmm. because of the fact that people connect better with him. And when your brand is putting their image out there, if it's something vanilla, oof, oh, dropping that, <laughs> uh, then, you know, there's nothing to connect with. You know, if, 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 yeah. if the business doesn't know where it stands, then people don't know how they stand with that business. And so, um, don't be afraid to uh, tweet that. I actually can't remember tweet. what it was. It was, that was totally off the cuff. So. If a brand doesn't know who they are, what they stand for. If a brand doesn't know what they stand for, then Mm -hmm. a customer doesn't know where they stand with them. Boom. Boom. That's tweetable. Dropping bombs. All right. Next up, we have uh, Caroline. And she was super funny because Mm -hmm. she... So, like, uh, Dennis had his own business. She does not have her own business, per se. She works for someone, but she's had experience with just, like... So many yeah. auto dealerships, um, car dealerships. What what was what stood out to you about what she does? So before she does anything for a client, before she picks, or before they pick what they're gonna do, she really digs into like her research and finds out what that client wants. And I thought it was interesting because Dennis does the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. He doesn't find out what the client wants for because he wants right. to find out what that person is like in person and then builds off that. But Caroline, what she does is she goes and does all this research and finds out what the best plan of action is going to be, whether it be luxury or a family type feel or humor. She really wants to feel out what it's going to be before she creates that ad or commercial for them. Well, yeah, because a lot of what she does is with luxury brands. So there's Mm -hmm. obviously like some protection that that brand wants to have around their name and Lamborghini or Ferrari or whatever else just can't have anyone just saying whatever they want about their brand because it's just not going to work out. (laughs) No, not not. at all. Um, For me, what I really enjoyed is just hearing about people who are really embracing, like doing whatever they can to get noticed, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like for me, the guy that I think of when I think about doing anything to get noticed is like Grant Cardone. Um, and so it's been fun to watch him on like undercover billionaire and stuff, just be obnoxious. But, mm-hmm. uh, he's one of those guys. It's like, he's not confused about what works. People's attention is needed so that you can sell them. And so like with Caroline, she was talking about how one of the guys, uh, that does, uh, that owns an auto dealership wears a pickle suit in his videos because so how can you look away from that? Yeah. Right. It's like a plane crash. You want, you, you can't, you don't want to watch, you but you can't. To. Look who, you how can. do you not watch it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how I can say the words right to talk about what I'm talking about. But all I know is he wore a pickle suit. And mm-hmm. it gets people's attention. And that's pretty wild. So that was like my big thing from her. So next we're going to dive into Sean Castrina. I think I'm saying that right. And he is, he does 10 minute, is it business? 10 minute little segments on the radio, I believe. 10 minute entrepreneur. 10 minute entrepreneur and he just talks about entrepreneur. He's a serial entrepreneur so he does a lot of and he's written books and so he's really credited and he was a really awesome guy and I feel like he talked a lot about 
planting your feet in your business and really getting in front of the right audiences. Because if you're not in front of the right audiences, he's not going to make money and you're not going to make money. So mm. why would he go in front of people that's, that aren't going to buy what you're selling? Yeah. I think... I know he really challenged me to make sure that we had like a claim to fame, right? Yeah. That was like the... There was two big takeaways, but that was the first one. It was like having a claim to fame. And so that mm-hmm. was definitely challenging for us because I believe we were clear about what we were offering and we were clear, clear on how we were explaining it, but we didn't have a claim. Yeah. And so we were having a conversation like a week ago about how annoyed I am that claims work. Oh, because gosh. it's like, it kind of seems like corny. Like, oh, like we're yeah. the best. Like, says who? You know, like I said, it reminds me of... Uh, Elf, when he's mm-hmm. like, world's best cup of coffee, congratulations. Like, and it's like, it. <laughs> they like literally bought a sign that said world's best cup of coffee. Like no one validated that yeah. claim. And so that was, that's been a really challenge. That's a big challenge for me because I always want to make sure whatever claim I make is true. Yeah. Authentic. Right. And so, and I'm a Enneagram five. And so I'm not necessarily just going out there and ringing the bell for myself all the time, mm-hmm. which is whatever. So. All that to say is that it really challenged me to make sure that we are ringing the bell for ourselves, that we're making a claim, and that we're living up to that claim. Yeah. And so that's when we came up with, we're your number one choice for amplifying your advertising. Because that is what we do, and that's what we believe we do, and that's what we deliver on. And we offer services that make that happen. Mm -hmm. And so that felt authentic to us, but it was also a claim. And so thank you, Sean, for that helpful tip, Mm -hmm. because we actually used it. So Absolutely. that was my first thing. What was it, what else did you like? Uh, so he does layered marketing, which I thought was super interesting because I've mm. never heard of that before. But he does like he said he's retired from radio, but he used to do radio and commercials and TV. And he kind of talks about and I already kind of mentioned this, but how it's important to plant your feet in one project because a lot of companies will start and try mm. to do all these things, and then that's a lot of the reasons why a company will fail or crash because they're not focusing on one area and building on it and making sure it's firm and then moving on to that next area of growing the business. So what do you mean by planting your feet? Like really digging into whatever project you're doing, whether it be, okay, I really want to focus on advertising. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to post all of these things and I'm going to have these certain days where I do this and this rather than okay, I'm going to do advertising and I'm also going to go do person to person and then I'm going to go do this and I'm going to go do that. So really focusing on one area of your business and making sure it's good before moving on to that next area. Making sure you can see results. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think the other thing that I loved about him is, um, you know, we're in the digital marketing space specifically. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of our, our home base. But he was also very much... Like what you talked about first, like understanding your audience. Like if your audience responds well to mailers, like physical mail going to a mailbox, Mm -hmm. wild idea, so old, and yet works, right? He built businesses doing that. And so just making sure that you're not just looking at, oh, do I use Facebook or Google? Do I use YouTube or Vimeo? Mm -hmm. Do I use this or that? Like... I'm really going to actually discover what my audience responds well to yeah. and, and go from there. And thankfully by now there's a lot of research on that. Oh yeah. But that's also part of like what he, what you were saying that he mentioned, which was spending enough time trying something that you can see results, whether good or bad, and then mm-hmm. move on to the next thing rather than just like 
like leapfrogging between things before you actually have a chance to like before see how I'm, they work yeah, out. Yeah, before seeing any results at all. So that was that was good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's super good. Unsurprisingly, the guy who started a gazillion businesses uh-huh. brought a ton of value. So, sure. all right, who we got up next? Shondell Varciana. Am I saying that right? I believe you are. That's it's a beautiful a, last name. It is a beautiful last name. And a beautiful first name, Shondell. I know, right? Shondell. What's your name? Shondell. Right? It's <laughs> <laughs> a statement that. name right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not vanilla. Nope. Not in the closest. <laughs> um, I thought it was interesting that she talked about. So she does, I believe it's bank marketing. Yeah, she works in the finance. She works in the finance industry. And so she does marketing for that. And she was talking about how, I think you guys kind of talked both about this, but how most banks offer like pretty much the same thing. And then she talked about building relationships with your clients. So that way when another bank is offering something cheaper, that they're not just going to leave you. And honestly, do you even want a customer that's going to leave you? Because then it's a short-time customer and you're not ever going to see like a profit off mm-hmm. of that or that relationship. So building those relationships that are going to last a long time and profit that person and your business. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was really... Like the funny thing we got into with that was this idea of making the content that isn't like a direct sale, right? So there's direct sale content like... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you post an ad and it says, buy this t-shirt, right? That's like, you know, you spend so many dollars, you get so many back. There's a, a, a clear mm-hmm. uh, return on that investment. But then there's also like the post that you either spend money blogging or maybe you promote it with advertisements of some sort where it's like three things you need to buy for your new house. Well, like that doesn't do a bank any good. Like no yeah. one's going to click a buy button on that. But it's that relationship building mm-hmm. where someone can say, like, hey, this, this person is actually giving me information that's helpful for the phase of a life that I'm in right now. Yeah. And because of that, I'm going to trust them just a little bit more than I did before I saw this. And then that cycle continues, and all of a sudden you have mm-hmm. someone, like you said, who's faithful, uh, who's a loyal customer that is not going to be pulled away by price alone. Yeah. That's super important. She also uh, she went into... Uh, during the beginning of the podcast, she mentions that she wasn't even looking to get into anything like that, like blogging or mm-hmm. any of that stuff. But her husband was like, hey, why don't you try this out? And now she she met this lady, and I forget her name, but they both ended up profiting off of each other and just really like building a big audience that mm. they can reach out to, which I thought was super crazy. Well, and what she ended up diving into was like that her superpower was seeing both sides of the coin, right? Mm -hmm. She was in the finance industry for years and years and years. So she understood it very well, but also the fact that she was just a human being that needed a bank as well Mm -hmm. means that she understood things, um, from the client side as well. So then when she, when she made content through blogging Mm -hmm. or some sort of strategy that, uh, the suggestions that she made were, balance between what the bank wanted and what the client wanted mm-hmm. so that way it wasn't just a one-sided perspective of someone who's just living inside of the financial institution trying to figure out how they're going to reach someone she was able to bridge that gap which yeah. is huge oh, if you want yeah. to make money <laughs> very important oh, last one Ayo. gabriella she was super fun she was she was really fun so gabriella was actually in spain mm-hmm. so that was wild. Yeah. It's so cool. I mean, like, I know I hate Zoom, and I hate that that's, like, a thing we use now. Mm-hmm. But 
at the same time, pretty cool that we can talk to someone in Spain. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 9 p.m. her time, time. Oh my goodness. 9 p.m. her time. And then, yeah. I don't know, it was it like 2 in the afternoon or something like that? Yeah. Like 1? Yeah, I was like, it was like, after lunch for yeah. me and just before bed for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. That was kind of fun. What was your takeaways on her? I thought she was just super interesting because she brought a lot to the table and she talked about a lot of really interesting things and I really encourage anyone listening to this podcast to definitely go listen to that one because she provided this like outside look on the american marketing industry because she was like here in spain it's very traditional they don't really go outside that comfort zone so they they don't really have workplace equality quite yet there which i thought was super crazy so she kind of talked about how they have to market more towards certain people because that's what works in spain Mm -hmm. but in america there's a lot more broader people to market to because we have a lot more people to market to it's true yeah because it's like yeah because the variety of cultures that are here Mm -hmm. you know um it's always surprising to me like it's not that there's not a mix but like the mix of cultures in other countries is not nearly as much yeah Uh, and so um you know sometimes we throw around the word minority here which is not inaccurate Mm-hmm. There are minorities, but when you go to some other countries, it's like, it's pretty much just them. Yeah. And uh, unless you go to like a really isolated location, which I think is really fascinating because it does provide a unique challenge for people marketing in the United mm-hmm. States. That if you're marketing, say in Arizona where we live, there is a huge Hispanic population. There's also a huge white population. There's also a huge California population. Not that they're not a race, but... Um, but <laughs> Are they? But the point is, they have a different value system. Um, yeah. Certainly, uh, you know, California is very, very blue, very liberal. So, like, there are yes. certain things that are going to appeal to them uh, that won't appeal to other states. Mm-hmm. And so, just that to say is that there's a challenge in trying to reach everyone somewhere. Yeah. And so, her perspective was definitely from like a global perspective, which I thought was yeah. really cool. Which is like, hey, I do marketing in the United States. I do marketing in Spain. I mm-hmm. do marketing in you know, Latin America, and everyone has a different approach to things. I need to make sure that Mm -hmm. when I walk into a meeting that I'm asking the right questions to discover what platforms they use, what kind of, what's what's crazy, what's boring in this culture. Like, how Mm -hmm. do I speak to the people in this specific culture the best? Thing that, uh, well, really the last point in general, um, but the last point with Gabriella was, just this idea of treating brands as people so that when you walk through and you're talking about your brand that as as silly as it sounds going Mm -hmm. through like oh like what does your brand listen to what kind of clothing does it wear what kind of perfume does it wear like where does it go to hang out like those things are kind of an odd way to describe a business but at the same time it humanizes it and because of the fact that humans are interacting with it it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so you you get a chance to think about, okay, what does my brand stand for? And what is the audience I'm reaching for? Maybe you know what the audience is. Maybe you don't. But then you end up getting to do a little bit of comparison, right? So, like, yeah. you have to listen to the podcast. But, like, if, you, if you know, your, your brand is like a punk rocker and your ideal client is actually purchasing, you know, listens to classical music and talks about how the book was better than the movie, you're going to have a real hard problem connecting those two people together Mm -hmm. uh, there's a disconnect between your brain and your audience and if the distance is that that big i'm guessing you're not selling anything Mm. but it gives you a chance to reevaluate and humanize your brand a little bit especially in a way that people who are less in like a artistic 
um, medium all the time can actually really get their mind around yeah. what this is like. So, so yeah. So I think that's that'll do for now. That's a recap mm-hmm. of our first several guests, mm-hmm. and uh, certainly we want to say a thank you to all the people who listened so far. Um, our audience is growing, and that's really exciting. And thank you, obviously, to all the guests that jumped on. Uh, thank you to Rylan, who edited all the goodies, as well as, well, the podcast, and all the shorts that we'll be putting out as well, so you guys can get little bite-sized pieces of the podcast without having to watch or listen to all 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't know. I enjoy that on a good ride. Yeah. Just so you know. If you're listening, we have a video podcast. If you're watching, we have an audio podcast. We do. So that way, when you're driving to work, you can listen to it and not feel like you have to sit in front of a couch and watch something because mm-hmm. sometimes that's, that gets a little old. It does. I get distracted and I pick up my phone and then I miss something and then I'm mm-hmm. sad. Uh, yeah. Ridiculous. Oh. <laughs> cool. So thank you guys for watching and uh, hope you enjoyed another episode of the Death to Vanilla podcast. <laughs>